We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here. By now, you know the old man Andres Hill is off somewhere on the boat. Oh, but don't worry. Today's pro wrestling. And if the old man's not here, you know who is on the show today. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, the most maniacal laugh in professional wrestling. With all, with all... With all disrespect to Seth Rollins, yeah, the best laugh in the game. All disrespect. <laughs> all disrespect. You know what? We need a corner live show, and I need to come out to Seth Rollins theme and have everyone sing along for it. That's oh. really that's really what we need to do. Full robe though, full robe. Oh, I got no. And if that were to happen, I need to get like a Seth Rollins fashion gig. Like I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to call a stylist. Be like, yeah, we, we got time for you to grow your hair out too. <laughs> So that's 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 the real point here. It's like a fair, it's a fair I, point. I don't know yeah. how fast it grows, but I feel like if the live show's in May or June, you got it. Hey, I'll call up my brother who lives in Colorado. Go get some prime shades and and wear those, and and we're good. Look at that! You got connects everywhere, Cole. Boom. Worldwide, Cole. Boom! It's happening. <laughs> don't no, hold I'm... us to that, but it's happening. It, it's been way too long. It's great to have you back, and. It's kind of the end of the year, so mm-hmm. we don't have to play by the rules. We don't have to do the strict rundown, AWWE, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Whatever. My brain is off of the weekly pay-per-views. I understand NXT just had theirs. We'll touch on it when we touch on it. AEW still gearing up for whatever their next pay-per-view is. I think that's like December 30th uh, or something. Yeah, World's End. This is a World's good time end. to talk big picture stuff, isn't it? It really is. And... I want to talk about CM Punk, but that got to wait. That got to be point two. Okay. The first thing we have to talk about, Cole. What's the first thing you want to talk about, Kel? You've witnessed Mm. my greatest take of all time. Oh, my. You and I were in the same scenario. Just you and I, Cole. We are fantasy booking the rest of 2023. You went back and looked. This was in June. July. Uh, so, July. so for for people just before before we get into this, if you want to listen to it, 
go find the July 6th episode of the Corner Podcast. And it was myself and Kel Dansby in the Blue Wire studio. Um, I had hap- I, I had road tripped in there for some for some work. And <laughs> Kel mapped out. I legit tell like you will listen to it back and go, oh my gosh. Like you can nitpick it all you want because you're the internet and that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> and you just don't want to give credit where credit's due. But my man, literally Steph Curry from three, and look and, and no look that. No look that shit walking back, knew that thing was going in on Dominic Mysterio. Absolutely fucking called it. No inside sources. Nope. No no Sean Ross Sap. Nope. I don't I don't got connections. Nope. I don't need to know any of that. I'm telling you, they should cut the check. I knew it. I said dirty Dom is so over right now. He's so hot. He's arguably the best heel in the company because Roman was gone. He said he needs gold, Cole. And you're like, well, US title. No US title, no nothing. Mm-hmm. He needs to go to NXT. Brilliant. He skipped it. He never wrestled there. He has to go there, big time it, and win the North American title. Off Wesley. Off Wesley. You even got that part. Wesley right. beat everyone. He beat everybody. And he has to make it easy. Make it look easy. What did he do? He went down there. Mommy sent him down there. The man became North American champion. He rode that wave, kept the belt. All right. And then I said, I went the entire way, and I said, the person to take it off him. It's going to be Dragon Lee. And he's going to do it not only because he's a great wrestler. He's going to do it because Rey Mysterio is going to say, you are the future of Lucha. You have to defend Lucha Libre, and you have to go get this title off of my son. And the caveat here that someone's going to pull is that, well, like, Wesley got injured and, like, fuck it. The, he called it. He called it. If, if you called Kofi, if you called Kofi Mania, is someone going to complain Same that? Thing. Uh, he got hurt, and that's Same why he thing. was in the elimination chamber. Shit happens. I'm that far ahead of the game. The I predicted to... an injury to make this happen. Like, I knew it. I didn't care who was in line. I knew it was going to happen and what was going to happen at the end. Cole is my greatest take of all time. It really. So, so much so that Dre wasn't around, and he'll never believe it. Video evidence. Uh, podcast audio he's gonna say it's doctored fake news he won't believe that it happened july 6th 50 minutes in that's all anyone listening to this podcast just you owe it to yourself to go back to that moment and it's it's about it'll take like five to six minutes of your time from 50 minutes on a day to listen to that take in podcast info and and let's let's face it gal i mean you've built up to that moment with a lot of really, really bad hot takes. Like you really built up to that moment, you know, right? That, that's somewhat just, that like was... redundant. There's no like, <laughs> there are no bad hot takes, right? Like okay, that's okay. what makes so, a hot so, take good. So, okay, semantics. All right. You're arguing semantics here. I'm just saying. Wait, okay, you've also made you think, bad You think Giannis bits. just dropped 62 the other night without practicing? No, oh, I had to uh, practice my hot takes and drop it on the world. And yeah, he, he just ready. he just can't figure out how to get a game ball. But besides that, you yeah. know, the the thing was the foundation was created off of some misguided hot takes, some really wayward bets. A little bit. The bets hurt. But you know what? That's that's you did you did not in this case 
Hole in Adam Cole, baby. You did not run from the grind, Cal Dansby. Never, Cole. Never. You grinded out those bad takes. You grinded out those bad bets. So that I had you to lose my DCs for this. You to did. be the man I was in July, I had to do you, lose do, the DCs. Do you make that prediction without losing the DCs? I do not, Cole. No. I do not. No. That's that's called a character arc. That's called full that circle, is called long term booking. This is what we do, Cole. This is what we're now known for. I got it right. What a, and no one can what take a, that away. From and you know what? If if anything, it just it, it's it, it kept the momentum from that moment. We were talking about how much. I mean, in in that podcast too, we were talking about how you know maybe they like he had just come off of facing Cody Rhodes at yep. uh, Money in the Bank. We both wanted him to somehow come away with a victory in that. Just just because like if he wins it, you know, in Dirty Dom fashion, like it doesn't like Cody Rhodes is invulnerable. Like he's. He's entered the, the the God mode cheat cheat code. He's in GTA. still He's as good. over as yeah. the day he arrived. Yeah, he got the WWE, uh, WWE and up up down down left left right right. Like he did he did the cheat code. He's good. So, like Dom could like would have gotten his fucking ass booed out of the building if he won on bullshit fashion. But I digress. He got that momentum. Like that North American title was very crucial to him having the year that that he had because i think that just cemented that whole like a the faction of judgment day and b the dom and Rhea run throughout this entire year which certainly when we get to uh the the year-end awards we're going to be talking about those two we're going to be talking about those two a lot because they defined a lot of what this year in wrestling was 100 percent, and he it's very clever because if you give him the IC title, which no one's getting that. But if you no give him the US title, he has to put on this show, not only on the main roster and grow in front of the eyes, but against main roster talent. Right. Which the matches could be a little bit more difficult for him. He's being led. Right. Letting him get that match quality in the time he always needed. He's always needed time as a wrestler yeah. in NXT. The character preceded him and it just led to where it led. Yeah. But they're like, man, how do we get him this time with good young NXT talent to have the matches he needs to develop that style? And this was perfect for that. And he even got and and his reign was beneficial to those in NXT too. Yeah. Was able to give Trick Williams a moment. Uh and obviously he's had an amazing year and will continue to be on the rise as as he and Carmelo are kind of having that. Will they? Won't they? Kind of, <laughs> kind of feud going on. Oh, um, they will. Oh, so, they will. so you know the the fact of the matter is, is that uh, not only was it a slam dunk take, but it was a slam dunk decision for them to do that, and yeah. they really managed that well, and and were able to also bring light to the North American title, which I think, I think people who have been watching NXT, especially through, I mean. <laughs> Uh, as Obi Wan would say, before the dark times, before the Empire, <laughs> you know, when we had the NXT 2.0 stuff going on, that North American title held weight because of Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. And this, if anything, uh, you know, and Wes and Wesley, of course, too. We shouldn't take credit away from, from no, his him. run was incredible. His run was great, yeah. but just further elevating um the status of that title um and and making that a real important title on the NXT brand. So yeah. all, Dom, all credit, all credit. Dom and Becky, honestly, have elevated NXT more than people are really talking about because 
Now it feels like a third brand. For years, Trips have been campaigning to make it feel like a third brand. They they put him in Survivor Series that one year with the champions versus champions. A bunch of them went into Royal Rumble, like with Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar. It was like a big-ass boy. Like, you, you have all those moments. But then they get up to the main roster and you change them and ignore all that history and ignore what they've done. And it was just convoluted and, and always felt like developmental. Yeah, Having legit sustained runs by Dom, by Becky, as NXT champions, bringing it to the main roster of the title, defending it down there, having other factions who are, are super hot go down there and have little runs. Corbin reinvents himself down there. Doesn't feel out of place. Dijak, who's like 40, 41 years old, can revamp his character again after the fucking debacle when he was in, what is Renaissance or whatever the fuck the name of that group right. was called. Uh, and he can just do that and it feels normal. Like it, it feels as though it's just a different style of wrestling, but not a different or developmental program. So it it was great to finally treat NXT like a third brand on a different day. And it it made all the difference this year. It completely changed NXT. It kind of feels like, um, like the stars have kind of really kind of aligned themselves finally, as far as I think, what they imagined NXT to be and, and its relationship with Raw and SmackDown, right? Yep. As third brand, right? Because during that time the Trips was running NXT and they were they were the gold brand, right? There were like they kind of almost were elevated too much to the point where it was like, oh, they are the alt brand yeah. right like they, they and and it was it was the wrestling that quite frankly a lot of people who we're looking for that AEW alternative at the time. That was it, right? Yep. Like that where it was like, this is the wrestling show. And so because like that whole roster felt and 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 makeup and, and the way that that show ran felt so different from Raw and SmackDown, there was kind of a problem with how that all meshed, right? Because at the end of the day, they are supposed to be a like the developmental program. That was kind of the like how they envisioned it. But then you would get the call-ups, and the call-ups never made any sense because someone who was red hot on NXT could get called up, and you're Keith Lee, and you're told to, you know, be Bearcat, right? So, there to be was just... honest, it's not even as bad as what the fuck he's wearing now on AEW television. <laughs> he he came out looking like the prince from Little Mermaid, the animated version, like with the white joint <laughs> with the gold, the gold thing that came down, like. What is going on? And we'll I don't know what's going on. This. I don't know what's going on with Keith Lee, but I do know that it seems like now NXT is like elevated just enough where yeah. it still has kind of that alternate brand feel that's cool. That's kind of you know I don't want to say indie in the sense of like independent wrestling, or we're not calling it GCW or anything like that. No. But but it's not developmental. It's either. a different flavor from Raw and SmackDown. But it also correlates a little bit better going into the Raw and SmackDown brand. So when someone gets called up, it, it's a little bit more of a hand and glove fit. So uh, I, I think, yeah, Trips has done a really good job of of kind of mixing those three. We'll be, uh, again, award season coming around the corner. We will be talking about Triple H, Triple H uh, quite a lot. Yes. Think, uh, in oh, the next couple of weeks. People have been uh, quite, quite rushed to just hand out Booker of the Year to Tony every year. It's going to be interesting this year. It's going to be I, I mean, interesting is a word. 
I wouldn't call it that interesting, but we'll get to that when that conversation. I, I would say now in, in terms of WWE, we didn't predict everything. No. In July, in July, there was no no way, nobody uh-huh. predicted what we've seen over the course of the past six weeks. Wait, Kelly, are you telling me that you didn't have on your bingo card that at the end of the year, um, Edge and Christian would be main eventing AEW events and CM <laughs> Punk would be in WWE? You didn't break the, you didn't not, have that? Not, not on mine. I, I would have oh. guessed Edge before one uh, Phil Brooks oh. returning. Oh. That would have been, by the way, my greatest hot take ever. That's sure. better than the John Moxley handshake bet. That would have been everything. And even <laughs> I am not crazy enough to predict that. Um, not when he's going... At the time, what I thought was going to be headlining the AEW card in London, he ended up being an opener, which is great. But I thought, like, <clears throat> you have Osprey, you have other people, but I thought a match between him and Samoa Joe would be headlining that, or at least Chicago the next week. Right. And instead, it ended up being an opener there and ended up being the death knell of CM Punk. So no, no one could have guessed that. but. Beyond even that, that he would come back to WWE, Cole, that he would say, I am home. That then two weeks after, he would apologize to the crowd in Cleveland for abandoning them. To then, the one thing he said in that promo, I feel like I work with a bunch of children. This whole week, Cole, he's working with a bunch of children in NXT at the Performance Center and loving it. Loving it. I even AW, and I don't know if this is real, so I have like trepidation. But this is the most I've seen CM Punk smile in years. And I want Heel Punk back. I'm not gonna hide that. I want Heel Punk back. So the smile, I'm I'm giving him three more weeks to smile. I don't I don't want Tweener Rollins, not this is the first time Rollins is a good baby face. I need heel CM Punk back. I need I'm here to make money, not friends, CM Punk. Let's lean into that. But so far, he's doing the rounds. Cole, he's happy. How long does it last? Hasn't this been an interesting past couple of weeks with CM Punk in WWE? Um, Yeah, one of those kind of moments that, um, you know, uh, just even going back to that, uh, it's a Survivor Series, it being in Chicago, even though there were plenty of, you know, sources going around being like, no, like we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything. Just everything leading up to that moment. It just it was, it was too convenient for it not to happen, you know? And yeah. this is just talking about the reveal, the reveal portion of him being there. Um, just the way that they booked that final match too. Of like, Randy's not here, Randy's not here, Randy's not here. Is Randy going to show up? Like, when has WWE ever gone like, and we have a return coming? We we do have the last member of the team. And you know who he is. Every time WWE does that moment, what happens? Cue the music and the guy's there. Yeah. Right? And they didn't do that with Randy, right? Can you imagine if they went through with that and like the show went just as it went without the CM Punk ending? Like how kind of how kind of robbed fans, that crowd would have felt. No, I think they had they come been to teased, grips right? with it. 
No, because not not based on that 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 night though, where it was a CM Punk chant every twenty minutes. That's true, but I think as the night grew, because the promo Cody cut the Monday before on Raw, where you mentioned the words like legacy, and I have, you know, uh, a viper. Like he had teased Randall it, Keith. yeah, like he had teased it to the point where you're like, all right, their members, their members going to be Randy. Oh, of course, or. Or he's throwing us off the CM Punk trail. And then it's like, okay, it's going to be Randy. And people just set themselves up for like that disappointment. Like, okay, it's going to be Randy. And then when he doesn't come out, like he's not in the pods. Then it's like, it's a punk. No, it's going to be Randy. And that's my point, right? And it's like, imagine they did that same thing, but with no CM Punk. Then it's just the end. (laughs) That whole crowd would have been like, dude, you can't play us like that. Like, we're not stupid. But this is the difference between AEW and WWE and Trips and Tony, right? And it's not a, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. Tony, at his core, is a mark. He is a fan. He's like yeah. one of us. When Punk debuted in Chicago, it's like, I'm not going to play with you guys. I know what I want. I know what you want. This music is going to hit right away. And everyone's going to explode. And then we're just going to carry on with our show. And everyone's like, yeah. And they were happy. And then they went through with the show. And it was a great show. Trips is still very much so old school pro wrestling. Oh, absolutely. And and that's a lot of like that Vince, that territory, that, that traditionalist in him is even if you have punk, the two... The two phrases I hear my entire life about pro wrestling when it comes to like Vince McMahon, other indie promoter, whatever it may be, 70, 60s, 70s on, it's pro wrestling is who puts butts in seats. Mm-hmm. And that's also how you develop and determine your champions, who puts butts in seats. And then the other one, which is the, the house show go-to phrase is you leave the crowd going home happy. Those are two things you do. Fundamental pillars of pro wrestling. Which let's let's face it, Vince at the uh, towards the end of his tenure was terrible at. Yeah. Like he sent he, a lot of people not home happy. Yeah, he he thought Vince fell in love with the tease. Yes. And everything became about the chase, but the chases didn't lead to the payoffs. It was just more chasing. Yeah. And that was like the Vince because the Roman thing was great. And it continued, but it was just new chase, new chase. It's kind of in that mode now yeah. where the payoff of Jay signing with Jimmy and kicking Roman and them splitting was so great. But then they just bought Jimmy back in. It was like more chase, more chase. Yeah. I was like, we're we're okay with that payoff. Just give us something different. Yeah. Like within that and keep evolving. They just went back to the chase. That's kind of like a Vince mentality of stuff. Yeah. Um, With CM Punk, it was... Yeah, some, 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 similar to to even even the Cody uh, losing WrestleMania thing. Yeah, did it is kind of like the chase continues. That's turned right? to work out way better because him just showing up. He he had really only beat Rollins since coming back, tore his pack, came into the Rumble, had an amazing match with Gunther, like a real ass match to end the Rumble. But then it was just like, <clears throat> is that enough? Like, is that enough to earn and beat Roman Reigns and to pass Sami Zayn? who everyone was behind and then thought it was deserving. And then you're going to get crushed because it should have been Sammy's thing. And it was just like, 
at, at the moment it sucked, but I was like, okay, then you put him in with Brock. So now you're really earning it. And then you get another few and you're really earning. And then you have to lead the survivor series team. And now you got to dismantle and figure out how to dismantle this bloodline to rematch Roman. It's like, all right, he had a full year. He feels like he kind of earned it. Now, if they pump fake again and he loses to Roman, I'm be irate. Like yeah, you, then sooner I, or later, you got to finish the story. Then we are truly in New Japan territory. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, like, we are in full the, there, there was a There was like a vision that someone needed to be like, we need to elevate every, because right now, like at that moment at WrestleMania, and quickly we'll get back to CM Punk here in just a second, because there's a lot to also- We have no script, Cole. We're there's, everywhere. There's plenty, there's plenty to dissect be. there, but just this quick tangent, you know, like the thing with Cody too being, there had to be a vision that, okay, Roman and Cody right now are like so far at the top and there's just this giant gap yeah. and then everybody else. And they needed that gap to kind of move up to Cody level. And I think- at least what him losing that at WrestleMania has allowed them to do is push everybody back up yeah. and allow him to also kind of drag everybody up to his level as well. That, um, so it's so, also so that, a benefit of Roman not being there. Cause when Roman's there, he nerfs right. people way too fast. And then he's God mode, which is their problem. Yeah. Right. You, you, you lose challengers out of rapid pace, even though he elevates people when he beats them, mm-hmm. it's still just like, they're not elevated to his level. And at the time, the creation of a new belt and all that stuff, like all of this stuff needed to happen in order to kind of bring, like there was just kind of this grand vision to kind of bring everybody up there. Now, of course, like I'm not going to say that that's the way that they originally planned it out. Like you need things to go right. You know, you need things to go to to go well. And like, thankfully, them getting Jay off of SmackDown, putting him on Raw has been great. Yep. Judgment Day stuff has been, yeah, has, yeah, has been okay. And I think now they're figuring out you know, how they're going to cycle the next challengers for Seth. Obviously, yep. you bring in CM Punk. So we get to CM Punk, right? Um, Yeah, those promos were were interesting, right? And I think... I take it you're not a fan. No, due to you saying, no, not, uh, no, not at all. No, 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 not at all. I think... I enjoyed this last one. Here's... Th- I, 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 I will put this out there. Yeah, I've, I have zero gripes of CM Punk being WWE. I think it's great. Like, honestly, it's great for wrestling is a much more interesting place when CM Punk is in place and they're able to tell stories around him. Yep. But that's the way it was at AEW. The problem is, is it became a dysfunctional relationship that at some point, Tony decided that it is beyond repair and we're not going to make this work. So I, I just think it's, it's, it's more, I think the, you know, the the fandom and 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 how CM Punk fans right it's the great place CM Punk fans CM Punk fans right what, how did he gain this allure right how did he gain this rabid fandom that he has right and it's because he was voice of the voiceless right yep. he was at the time the anti Vince he was yep. the anti Vince guy. And that's what got. I mean, Stone Cold was was the was the created anti Vince guy, right? This one was like he's the anti Vince guy, but like no, 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 he actually like has beef, and yeah. like that's 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 real. Like there's that was the whole pipe bomb, right? I think what people have to come to grips with is that this CM Punk is not that CM Punk anymore. He's not the voice of the voiceless, and that is because CM Punk 
being in WWE, what that signaled to me is that he knows WWE did not need to go out and get CM Punk. Does CM Punk help them and elevate them? Of course. Of course he does. They don't need him. They could have said, you know what? You're not worth the trouble. You stay at home. We don't impact. He could have gone to impact and and done basically his, his, or yeah, TNA, um, and gone and done his whole shtick there and still be angry at ever because all of his promos in AEW still were, were very like, oh, these other guys, you know, he did plenty of those promos. But I think he came to grips and he, uh, it seems like he's come to the understanding that if this was going to happen, this is his last chance. He, like, because he can't go back to AEW. Like, that door's closed. Right? It's a Tony, different... Tony feared for his life. Tony was scared for his life. Um, Still one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, So, this is all credit to, to Trips, right? And, and, and the two of them getting together and putting the past aside and going, all right, well, let's start fresh and let's, let's start anew. Cause triple H doesn't need to necessarily put this headache on himself and his entire company. But during the, during the pipe bomb, didn't he call triple H the idiot son-in-law or something? Uh, yes. Sort? I believe, I believe okay. so. Yeah. I mean, no, they buried no the hatchet. No one wasn't, no one was immune to, to any <laughs> of that. I, and I think also, I think honestly, I think this goes to trips, character. Um, specifically after he had his heart surgery and he can't wrestle anymore. I think that's put a lot of things in perspective for trips yeah. because I think he, a lot of like a lot of his early authority stuff, he was still kind of booking it as, you know, I'm going to be the top guy in this though. Like I'm the wrestler. Like that was the whole Brian angle. That was the whole summer punk thing, you know, Rollins, cash. Yeah. Raw, yeah. So I think like this is, this is trips coming at it from, he's in a different perspective of life yeah. right now, you know, where he literally just had a brush with death. Um, so I think, you know, he was willing to bury the hatchet and go, let's try to make this work because I know that you can be valuable to me. And I know that you can be like, you being here serves us for the better. We just need to make this work. And if you don't make it work, I can get rid of you at any time. Yep. So now you got CM Punk coming out and cutting promos like, this is home. What? Huh? That's because this isn't CM Punk. This is Phil Brooks. That is the conclusion that I've come to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He will wrestle under the name CM Punk. He will continue to operate under the name CM Punk. We will continue to chant CM Punk. But this character, the character that was CM Punk, the rebel, the voice of the voiceless, to me, that chapter of that character is done and dead. And that's fine. Like, we we can move on to, this is the next phase of CM Punk. This yeah. is a new chapter to which I would call this is the Phil Brooks chapter because this is a this is a person who is is clearly coming to grips with like okay this is my last chance to really like what what does everybody want in wrestling longevity right and you want because if he gets if that if paycheck is up, probably nice as well the pay, paycheck is great but how do you keep that paycheck going right there's even sources talking about how he wants to take Sean's, you know, position eventually at some point, right? But like that that's the thing, is Sean Sean certainly had beef with people, right? And he's everybody managed to, he's managed to play the game and stay yeah. this long. And Sean and because of that, Sean will always be recognized as one of the pillars of westling and of WWE. You can say Cole. Punk, you can say what he is. What well, he's, he's recognized all, as he's the greatest of all time. Thank but you. if WWE you. um you know wants to if if CM Punk wants that kind of thing, then he needs to play ball. So this is the Phil Brooks era. This is a man who has realized that this is his final opportunity. You're not like he might go heel punk and stuff like, but that's all going to be for show. The real CM Punk that like turn that whole crowd into a movement. It's gone. And I think fans are going to have to start coming to grips with that. Unless he decides, you know what, fuck it, I'm angry again, and he wants to go off again, then I, cool. But I just I don't think he can afford to do that because if he does, WWE will let him go, and he will have no other place to go other than if he wants to go be an indie guy the rest of his life. Which you know what, he can do that, but that's not the same. Like Alberto Del Rio, he just showed up in front of like eight people in the gymnasium. Um, <laughs> I mean, man, got to make a living, but damn, social media crushed him. Uh, no, I, I think again, very well being and a lot of these promos may come off that way. There's two things you can do when you've been fired from somewhere and you're down mm-hmm. to your last. You can be grateful for your next opportunity and then play the corporate role and thank you and blah, blah. And I'm on a straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Or you can genuinely have a, a chip on your shoulder. Sure. And I'm hoping he does the latter and not in terms of just character, baby face, heel blah blah it is i want him to say this is my last run anyway i'm going to be honest i'm not going to be completely contrived like completely scripted and controlled i am going to push it to the line and i'm going to let trips i'm going to let everyone know i'm going to toe this line i will not go over it but i'm going to be authentic and you are going to feel this Because even though his angst and his entire character has been built off angst since the start, his angst may not be an authority figure in the WWE. It may not be a Vince McMahon. It may not be a Triple H even at this point. 
Sure. But he has plenty of angst to aim elsewhere. Sure. He he threw, he's thrown now two shots at AEW. And the Kevin Owens line on SmackDown is like, I don't know. I might need a partner. Kevin Owens is just running around backstage punching people in the face. You can't do that. Like that to let like there's angst to be thrown out. A, a lot of angst to be thrown out towards a community. He was the voice of the voiceless, and the voiceless loved him when he got to AEW. And the voiceless have kind of turned on him. And I... those hardcore fans sure. that loved him and followed and these WWE fans were kind of always WWE fans. There's a lot of lapsed fans from Punk's era who started watching AEW, who've sure. kind of stayed inside with AEW when what went down went down. There's a lot of ammo and F all of you. Like I I my entire career was aimed for the indie fan, for the smarks, for the people who rooted for someone who looks like me to make it in a company where people don't do this. And I went to another company, did my all, and I felt wronged. And you didn't back me up when I felt wrong. And you guys were always supposed to back me up. F all of you guys. I'm, I'm here. I'm about money now. I've never been about money. So what? I am now. F you. Because I could say I'm not, but you guys ain't going to follow me anyway. What is the Daniel Bryan one when he turned fickle when he turned heel? Like it's a hundred percent, right? Like you can turn it to a, it, cause he did say like, he talked a lot about WWE when he was in AEW. He's like told MJF he can go to a place where he can come out first on a, on a mania card on a two day, buy one, get one free event or something crazy. Like he talked a lot of trash about that. And I think now that same vitriol could be spewed on AW, on the indies, on the people who are supposed to follow him no matter what, who've kind of not rocking with Punk going back. And I'll be interested to see how that plays. And that to me is what makes me excited because that is an interesting, that is an interesting next chapter. Corporate right? Punk. Give me full, punk. genuine Corporate punk. Where, again, like, I, I, yeah, he is not necessarily, just because he is not, like, the rebel against a WWE anymore doesn't mean he can't still operate under those circumstances. Yeah. I just, I track that as a different chapter of who punk is, right? Yeah. This is going to be a different version of CM Punk. And... You know, I think I think even all of that and the the shade towards AEW and all that stuff that's that's Phil talking. Yeah. You know, like that's 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 coming from Phil. I feel like then the pot, pipe bomb was at a very similar place. I don't think CM Punk dropped yeah. the pipe bomb because his character's always angsty. That's 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 sure. guys, you're hurting Phil, and Phil is gonna lash out. Sure. I think, and, and I think Phil that probably very spiteful. <laughs> I think because because there was like a martyrdom that that came from that. I sure. think that that kind of that it is what blurred the line between character and everything. When people think CM Punk, the first thing that they're going to think of, right, pipe bomb. For so it's 
right? Forever. He will forever be. So like, that's why I kind of, I kind of compartmentalize that into kind of that box from like pipe bomb to end of AEW. Like that's, that is a CM Punk chapter to me. So that said, I agree with you. I think there's, it's not like he loses all of that character by doing this. So I don't want to say that. I just want to say that the expectations are going to be different because it's not, he's not necessarily, he's not doing this for a wrestling fan. Like you said, he's doing this for him. Yeah. This is to him. It is now extremely personal. So I'm interested to see what that chapter looks like. And I think what trips is going to be looking for and what everybody is going to be looking for in WWE is, is that going to benefit us and benefit other people around us? Because his destructive CM Punk tendencies are usually it's him looking out for him. Yeah. The, and someone tries enemy, to step on him and he gets and he gets angry. So what do I say? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Sure. And when Trips and Punk sit down next to each other, and I don't know, but I just imagine them sitting down across the table for each other. All their people like, no, 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 get out of here. And it's just close the doors, me and him. They're like, oh, my God, are you guys going to fight? Get the hell out of here. You just give us five minutes. You close the door and you sit let, down let, at the let, table. Let grown men be grown men. Grown men. <laughs> and you sit down and you look him in the eye and you'd be like, damn it, you hate that Tony guy, don't you? And then Bugs like, no, I hate him. You hate his ass too, don't you? Like, yeah. It's like, let's fucking bury him. Yeah. It's like, let's do it. Shake hands. All right, everybody can come back in. And it was like, weird. That's, they, that's they, one of those they, they closed that door and then like fog started to like like <laughs> appear on the windows <laughs> and like and, and like snow started to fall because hell was freezing over. Yeah. You know? Like and, and that's and truly what sometimes is that? that's all it takes. I I've seen Eric Bischoff appear on WWE television. Uh-huh. Yeah. And work for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Hey. After that, anything goes. You got you gotta you gotta love that that our man Eric Bischoff. It's the second CM Punk stepped back into Oh yeah, this is great. Okay. <laughs> he loves, it. He loves um, it. I I would say, which is very weird, that he it's was a, not yeah. As much as he does dislike AEW, if he would have phrased it differently, I would have been like, okay, Eric, like maybe this isn't one of like your hater takes. Seems like his his beef mostly it's not really with AEW necessarily. It's more just directly with Tony. Yeah, yeah, he seems to not like him for some reason. Because Tony Maybe is he doing, sees himself in a little bit of he 100, it. He 100% sees himself in Tony. Yeah. Because like, they, they they're in the same position, right? Yeah. Just, and Tony just has so many more assets where it's just like, like at, at the end of the day, Eric was like, man, I, I always had to answer to Ted. And my product was completely controlled. This guy is me 30 years later. All the money is his and his family. With a with a family empire behind him. It's oh, all and he's house. just like, damn, I wish I had that. <laughs> totally. He's totally so, he he thinks Tony is him with a silver spoon. Yeah. So every little misstep he's is jealous. Is I don't know if he's jealous. There's a difference between jealousy and envy. Thin line. Fair. Cause but, he probably thinks like, well, if I had that money, I'd do it better. That's it. It's just not like I'm not jealous that he has like kudos. He can he can have this and move on with his life. But I envy the opportunity because with the same thing, with the same company, with the same budget, the ability to go and grab people with two years in and a TV contract, 
I would have crushed WWE. That's what he's thinking in his head. Right. Like if, if I had full control and full monetary assets, cause they're mine, I could have crushed. Sure. And hundred percent. I understand that. Cause without all that, he got dangerously close to doing. Yeah. Like, so the hubris there is understandable because sure. you got really close without billion dollar daddy's money. Right. So it's, it's interesting to see their dynamic. I would one day would love for them to be on a stage, like a podcast live show or yeah. um, Tony does the podcast, right? Like they do live shows every AW pay-per-view, I think. Um, I don't know if he does it every, he, he at the at the start he was doing every single one. I don't know if he does every single one. Okay. I know he, I, I've he seen does, a couple does, times. I think he does him, I think Aubrey. He does stuff probably every like I think he probably does that once or twice a year now. Yeah, he does. He does like he does do like that. that I would pod. love course, to see like, Bischoff up there or him go on. I don't know how many pods on I don't know how many pods he can. Yeah, I don't know how many more pods he can be on because he's he seems to rub people the wrong way. Like he'll never be on Ariel's pod ever. Yeah, again. I mean that's um. That's Who knows? that's Ariel. You know, Ariel's my guy. But I, <laughs> for some reason, I, I, people don't have the affinity for Ariel that I do. There, so there's beef. There is one, beef. One in every two guests on Ariel's show will end up beefing with him. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. This guy, he's a salt to the earth. He's but, what MJF thinks he's supposed to be. Like, I love Ariel, but Ariel can be heel at times. And sometimes it runs people the wrong way. But yeah, I think in, in conclusion for CM Punk, I think... I'm I am excited to see where this goes and I think people just need to embrace this is going to be this isn't going to be necessarily the same old CM Punk that you've come to know and love right it's going to be a different flavor there's going to be aspects of it right and this is going to be a better CM Punk than what he was at any point in AEW I think it has the potential for that absolutely I think because I think, but the and and part of that is due to kind of the structure of AEW storytelling, which I'm sure we'll talk about here pretty soon. Because we need to talk about their Continental Classic, which I have thoughts on. It's great, but anyways, um, right? Because like Punk could have these great feuds. Obviously, MJF. That's going to be when we talk about his AEW time. <clears throat> I feel like that's what we're going to talk about. Is like that was his kind of defining, yeah. defining feud. The him and MJF. Um, but you know, they would have their program three months, four months, and then boom, 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 you're on to the next one. Right. So, and like, you know, the next pay-per-view cycle. Okay. Now he has a match with Eddie Kingston. Okay. Now there's this next program. He's working with Hobbs or he's, you know, send hook, all that stuff. So it it just kind of had like all these very like kind of one-off natures to it. Yeah. So we're here, like, he's just got a cavalcade of luggage with everybody right like i mean obviously seth has been the most vocal on it but there's plenty of people who are in that locker room and they're playing be, into it i love who it. could be throwing those promos in there well and, and kevin owens gave him the cold shoulder shoulder backstage to smack down and he's like oh my boys are the bucks like i have no help for you. like there's like little seeds yeah. planted on television which was smart and what were we talking about the whole time with AEW and if they were going to bring CM Punk back, right? You need to make them do business. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, if they don't like each other, that's how you make money. Right? 
make money off of that thing. That is what Vince has literally made his entire career off of is doing things with people that he did not, he would butt heads with constantly. Hunk Rollins stare down on Twitter did 8 million views in 24 hours just before Rollins started speaking, which was probably Rollins best promo of the year. Punk's was okay. Rollins went scorched earth on Punk. Just the stare down was posted 8 million views. That's because Rollins was very open before this ever a possibility that Punk was a cancer to locker rooms. And he opened and answered all these things candidly and got in the building. Immediately, you made money off of it. Immediately, you put them in the ring together. That's what yep. you do. Yep. And that, and that is what AEW failed to do is there were too many hurt feelings and too many egos because I'm sorry second CM Punk comes back from Brawl Out. First people who need to be in the ring all together, yep. CM Punk and the Elite. Just put them all in the ring together. Just Immediately. It. Throw FTR Immediately. around there just and to make it like trust, an angle. And if, and if you don't trust any of them to make it work and you think it's going to like explode and blow up, that is a bigger issue than whatever issues might come you know, in, in the midst of the little fracases here and there of doing that feud. Like if you don't trust that that's going to work and get you, cause like if AEW did a pay-per-view, the second CM Punk came back and it was CMFTR versus the elite. We're all buying that pay-per-view. Everyone, because everyone's going to want to see how it ends. Who's going to put who over like, hello. Like, so that was, that is a, yeah, I, I think the, their reintroduction of Punk was like, it was too handholdy. It was too, you know, and, and that, that rubbed everybody the wrong way. It rubbed CM Punk the wrong way and it rubbed the rest of the locker room the wrong way. Yeah. So then you get people like Jungle Boy who want to go have fisticuffs with CM Punk. That shit doesn't happen if you just settle the beef right then and there like adults. But they didn't do it. And... Now he's back in WWE where they have gotten into the room, talked face to face and said, you know what? Bygones be bygones. Let's make this all work. And by the way, by the the way, next week you're in the ring with Seth Rollins who hates your guts. Go. (laughs) That's it. Just that's it. You got to talk to each other for 15 minutes a week. And if you're Seth Rollins, you're like, like you embrace that. You don't run away from that, right? Like, did, you yep. don't think they went to Seth Rollins and go, "You're going to be in the ring with CM Punk tonight." You don't think Seth Rollins is like, "Ah, man, I don't want to like rub the company the wrong way." No, Seth Rollins is going to be like, "No, I'm that dude. I'm the best in the world." Okay, cool. Bet, put me in that ring. Done. Yep. Like, that's just that's that's wrestling. That's wrestling. Now, my question to you is, mm-hmm. where does this leave AEW? Where does this leave? Well, I, you sure like the leave- Continental Classic more than I do. I talked about it last week. I would love to get your opinion. It is not my favorite thing. Um, and I explained my reasoning behind that. And I'll let you express yours before I jade you with my opinion. But it's um, one of those things where I've, I do feel, though, an overall aspect of things 
people are overreacting due to the thinning crowds um, for dynamite. Now everyone's an expert on rights deals and how much money they lost last year. We're all lawyers. What this? Yeah, like the talent is still there, and if you have the talent, it just takes a commitment to make it work and get better. And they aren't that bad, so it, it, it's it's still a hop, skip, and a jump to get it to where me as a fan will watch everything religiously live every week because I don't watch Friday shows at all. I'm not seeking out ROH to stop that, but I'll watch Saturday shows Rampage on delay, and I'll watch Wednesdays Dynamite, like cool on one of the other TVs. So I watch one show a week. It's like I need to care a little bit more. And I understand when they say the naysayers say they took advantage of the hot start, took advantage of the diehard indie fan that they were just going to continuously show up when you just give them indie matches, but no stories to care about every week. Right. Like Tony just booking dream matches every week, but it's like, why? And it's one of those things where I just need to care more, but they're not far away from making me do that. Timeless Tony storm. Makes me care every time she's on television. Sure. I, just, I just need more of this. Like, and, and I, the moment with Timeless Tony Storm wrestling that's in my head is the weird thing with the, the plate on the butt cheek that didn't really work out. And it was kind of a botch and it was weird. And Aubrey had to act for like five minutes like she didn't see anything. And it was really poorly done way to win. I don't even care because the character is so great. I need more of that. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, the the life and times of the alternative brand. I mean, th- this is this is what we need to continue to go back to is that AEW is the alt brand, right? And imagine, obviously, Tony's used this reference before, but go back to the Coke, Coke and Pepsi analogy, right? Imagine if, like, you're you. Grown up with Coca-Cola. You love Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is great. And then as time went on, Coca-Cola's flavor changed. And all of a sudden you're drinking it and you're like, Coke's gross. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this, right? And all of a sudden Pepsi comes up. And Pepsi's like, we do all the things that old Coke used to do, right? And Pepsi's, and then you're like, shit, well, now I'm going to drink all this Pepsi. The thing that happened is there has been a retort from the other side. It's not like that's the way the world goes, right? As like a competitor, you don't, you know, it doesn't go like, oh shit, all right, well, these guys are kicking our ass. We're just going to let them kick our ass for a while. Now, it's a little bit different because in the case of WWE, it just happened to be that the problem was ripped out from underneath because it took accusations and investigation to get the problem out of there. Yeah. Right? Vince was the problem. This was, it was, it was not a, it was not a unknown secret to anyone. Nobody liked Vince booking. Nobody liked Vince's WWE for the last, you know, certainly the last two or three years that he was the the head guy in charge. You can argue it goes further back than that, right? And that's why AEW, they were they were what that NXT Gold brand was. They were the alternative that people were straight like going to. So yeah, of course they they benefited from that quote-unquote hot start but now trips is in charge and it's different the the game has changed a little bit are they still the alternative brand of course they are they're still the alternative brand and they still broadcast on nights that wwe doesn't broadcast on 
which helps. Yeah. Which helps. Which oh, I mean, they that's that's how they should continue to do so. So I don't know. I think they did get a boost for going on the same days as NXT and always beating it. It gave it like a little razzle dazzle. Those being right. on different nights kind of hurt it. Sure, but now they're not going to win those. Like they're just they're they're not now. Oh, they could still be NXT. Uh, not the last couple times that they've done it because WWE stacked the actually... roster, but you can't do that weekly. Yeah. No, but the, they can't do it weekly. But like they can. Oh, they sure, brought Undertaker they, out. The if Undertaker. Do, if if, if they do it be. every week, it would be interesting to kind of see. But I don't think that benefits. It doesn't benefit AEW at its current state to to like pick a fight. It really just doesn't. So, um, to me, they're still they still bring a different flavor to the world of professional wrestling, and that's what makes them appealing to me. So. Where I think again, wrestle like WWE TV is still very much based on, you know, heavy character, heavy character work, big, big, big moments, right? Whereas AEW has always relished as like we're kind of indie, like the indie wrestling promotion put on TV. We want to focus on ring work. We want to focus on in-ring storytelling. We want to f- focus on competition storytelling. Yep. And that's not to say that you're going to have a balance. You need to have both ends of the spectrum on. Just one leans one way more than the other. I I think that's fair to say. So those kind of go into my reasonings of why I I like the um the construction of a continental classic. I think probably the biggest thing that kind of is a takeaway from it is we're beefing this up as like a one-time big thing when I would argue, and this, this might be where you disagree with me here. I'm not necessarily advocating go back to records. Don't do that. But creating structures like this, and this has a little bit more coherency than just like a, we just threw together a four person tournament. Yeah. Like this has a kind of a cool round robin structure where you can have this be a starting point for several feuds and you can do the feuds within the feuds. And then of course, whoever is at the top of those things, that's already a feud that you've created, right? Yeah. So you can allow wrestlers to gain or, or, or get momentum or tell a story if they're losing momentum. So that's why I really like the structure side of, of this, because I feel like, you're going to be able to have places to go with John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson, Swerve. I think you're going to have places to go with Brody, Andrade, uh, Roosh, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe are kind of just in there. But that's how, like, inevitably all these are going to go. Daniel Garcia, poor Daniel Garcia is going to lose all his matches. But there's a story you can tell from that. Yeah. You can you can be like, man, I fucking sucked. And now I got to make this whole year about being a wrestler again. Like, that's the thing is it, it AEW's criticism is their lack of structure. This is structure. And that's why I really like it. The reason why I don't like it, Mm -hmm. and that's hopefully they do all of that, as they should. It makes no sense for the prize. G1 works because Mm -hmm. the prize of that round robin tournament in which you get all these storylines out of and feuds and kind of you shape your entire Wrestle Kingdom of what he's done that August before. This all works because the top prize is 
a title shot. Sure. And that is why you have top guys in this tournament every year. This is for another just randomly created title. Like an in-season tournament? It's, But it's made off of a New Japan title that no one who watches weekly should really care about. And an ROH title, which I don't watch that shit either. So we're making those into a new AEW title. There's not a million of them already. And taking top guys, Swerve, who should be getting a title shot. You're taking Switchblade, who just lost a title shot. Danielson, who is a top guy, got multiple title shots. Moxley, who is arguably the best champion you've ever had in your company since the creation. Top guy. And then people who've never had title shots, like Roosh, who like Eddie Kingston, like Daniel Garcia, like the levels don't match up. And the prize and the reason why those guys are chasing it doesn't match up. Switchblade just had his title shot. And for him to come and be like, well, now I'm putting it all online for a secondary title makes no sense to me. It, it just, the prize for the names in it doesn't make sense. If it was just guys like Roosh, Andrade, um, Powerhouse Hobbs, Miro trying to get back in the mix of something, Daniel Garcia, if you wanted to bring uh, Jack Perry into this, a returning Jack Perry is a surprise. People, and you can position this as that belt right underneath the main belt. I'd be okay. Then it's like, okay. But when you put top guys and they are just in the title picture and people are saying, I want Kenny Omega in this. Why? He got bigger fish to fry. Shouldn't he want to go out to MJF? Shouldn't all the people, at least five people in this tournament say, why the hell am I going for a secondary title? MJF is right there for me and act like they don't care. Like it, it never made sense. It's top guys fighting for something that's not a top, top prize. So it made me care less. That is, so that I think is, is an absolutely valid issue is like, what is the end goal of the continental classic? Right. So that's where I, you know, I say at the beginning, right. Like, them making like a big deal out of this is is not necessarily, I think, the best strategy. It's more the construct of it because exactly what you're saying is exactly what they can do with this, right? In that, the problem is we always have the this issue, it seems, with AEW where it's like they have like the top feud yeah. and then they're not really able to kind of figure out like a ladder, so to speak, and the records thing didn't really work. Here is where you can create these kind of round robin cycles and go like the let's 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 put these guys together, right? One group, one group. These are all top contenders. These are all the top guys you should be paying attention to, right? And have them go for all right, we want to go, we want to have a shot at getting that title, right? Yeah. And then from that, if you develop personal feuds within that, then they can go fight off on their own outside of a tournament structure. I would have right? been fine with that. So I think that's what they can still do with this. And I think that's what they will end up turning it into because here's the way I see it. Can I tell you my my prediction for how this whole Continental Classic is going to wrap up and how it's yeah. going to go? In the Blue League, you're going to have, what is it? 
you're going to have a five, uh, five per, there's six people in the group. There's going to be a five-way tie for first in the blue league. They're all going to have nine points. I was, I was looking at the graph. I was like, there's a, there's a scenario for this, right? Because at the end of the day, where we need to get to is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. That's where I eventually see it going Ugh. at World's End because they need to fight. They need to feud and Eddie Kingston put all his belts in here, right? They need it. They have a, they have a score to settle. Let them settle a score. So Blue League, let them figure it out, right? The interesting part is where we get to the Gold League part. Because John Moxley has a big lead right now. He could either just win the group outright or end up in like a finals of the Gold League match as a three-way between him, Jay White, and Swerve. Yeah. And then what you can do is have John win that three-way, have Jay White kind of cost swerve at a very opportune time. John Moxley wins, and then John and Eddie fight each other. After the World's End pay-per-view, right? Because we're going to have Joe Joe and uh, MJF and the devil shit has to kind of all work itself out. When you're starting to line up the next contenders for MJF's belt, well, swerve's going to go like, or Jay White's first. Jay White's going to go, well, hey, I haven't gotten a rematch yet. I was right there. I should be next in line. Swerve can step right up and go, bro, you just cost me in the Continental Classic. Tell you what, hey, Tony Khan, number one contenders match, go. Swerve and Jay White. And at this point, crowd will be turning to, for Swerve, which is already starting because yeah. he's getting he's getting the momentum from Hangman. Going against Jay White, natural heel. Swerve wins that, and Swerve can go right into a feud with MJF right after that. Again, I think it's there tough are when the losers of this tournament are your two guys who are going to challenge, and uh, you have Moxley who beat both of them at this point, then saying like, "Okay, he's a champion of something else," right? I sure they they had it on a platter, and they decided to ignore it. If you're going to do this, CM Punk before he was fired carried around a fake AEW championship for months in a bag. And they just never spoke of that shit again. Like, he was clearly planning on defending this, had an X on it. It was weird. Well, he did defend it. He did def- He did defend it at the... At the uh, Is that him and Joe? Yeah, 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 him and Joe was for, like, the fake belt. They just got rid of it and ignored it. You just saw WWE and the success they had with a world heavyweight title because their other belt was wrapped up in Roman Reigns and you needed to to bring up something a little higher than a mid card because you had a lot of top of the card talents. Instead of putting Eddie Kingston's two titles together and creating a new belt, why don't you say we had this belt Samoa Joe fought for? He just vacated his ROH title because he wants a bigger prize. Well, you know what? We'll give you a bigger prize. We'll give you another. All you have to do to separate a card from a, a title from a mid card to a major title is put heavyweight somewhere in the title. It's as simple as that. And if you have all these companies under your belt, you have a litany of old school title designs you can bring back to bring nostalgia, just like WWE did when they brought in the big gold belt. And you're like, well, I've seen so many people with this big gold belt. I know it's a big prize. 
and you call it secondary all you want to the WWE title. It is not. And Seth has made that title feel just as big. It's damn sure not a mid-card title. Is it Roman's title? Maybe not. But it's it's close. It feels like that week to week. They could have made this belt that and everything you're saying and everything would have been fine because Moxley would have made that belt feel just as important as MJF's. Equally as important. If you brought out the title and they're wrestling with the title with the X on it, because this title was never lost. So this is still a title in our company. So we're fighting for this belt. And then Moxley says, you know what? I respect what MJF has done. I don't want this big X on it. This is the design of the new title, but I am the heavyweight champion. And then you have Swerve go against Jay White and they go against MJF. And then guess what? You have Eddie Kingston and Moxley go for that belt. And what does this mean? Eddie Kingston isn't fighting to be a secondary champion. This is the belt where everyone roots for Eddie Kingston to be a heavyweight champion in this company, something people have been pushing for for two years. And he has to go through his best friend to do it. And his best friend robs him of that opportunity. You don't think that wants people, that makes people want Eddie Kingston to be a world heavyweight champion? It's so much better just by making this belt a heavyweight title and putting it on that level. And they failed. So yeah, I think I think what we have here is is two separate kind of issues, right? I I think the structure of it is something that we can build off of, and like the idea of having competition in, in, in such a way to build up to a big matchup and a big prize. The problem here is that the prize is not big enough, and and like, what are they actually? What are we actually fighting for here? Yeah. Other than other than that's the only problem. I like everything you laid out. That's my only problem. Correct. And originally, and and before that, it was just like, before it was like, you are the first winner of the Continental Classic. It is literally like if a league came up with an arbitrary trophy to give to someone and gave it to in the middle of and give it give it to them in the middle of the season when it means fucking nothing. They're raising a banner, Cole. They're raising a banner. You know, if your Celtics would have won. I'm really glad, and absolutely not. I'm really glad that no league. (laughs) That we know of does. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, it just happened. Okay. Your Celtics would have raised a banner. I would have puked if we did that. (laughs) I would have puked. And no, we wouldn't have. The great part is, is I, no, here's the deal. I hope we never win that thing. So that's never a conversation. So that's my thoughts on that. But that's a tangent. Anyways, (laughs) I, I think at least this kind of structure of a, of a tournament kind of, kind of ordeal, cause they've done brackets before. And I feel like, that's okay, but you kind of like there's there's only so many like one off things yeah. here. Here, everyone's got to fight everyone, and I really like that aspect of it. It's the G one so, aspect. I love points. I love it. G, yeah, I think adding a little bit more of this because I think this structure leans into the strengths of AEW because not only is it going to be focused on the wrestling and focusing on like the different matchups, but as a fan it's really easy to gauge what's going on, right? It's really easy to drop in and drop out. Whereas AEW before, if you kind of like, you know, because the structure is so loosey-goosey, there can be times when you show up in a week and you're like, what the hell's going on around here? Other than like the main feud, you know what that main feud is, but then everything else is kind of thrown together. This at least gives me a structure where it's like, oh, okay, I see that, you know, oh, Jay White and Swerve are going to fight tonight. And they're like, 
they're they're locked in like they these these is an important match for the two of them great that's two people i wouldn't normally see fight each other but here they are and now maybe we can develop some chemistry off that it's also a good way to have like that discovery period right where i could easily see daniel garcia losing all of these matches right he goes over five and then he comes back in the new year and he goes and makes it his mission he's like fuck i need to get back on my game I'm going to go for each one of these guys one by one and go try to take them down. That's a story right yeah. there. So it, it, get, it gives them ways to kind of develop characters in a more structured ma- manner that I think has been lacking from AEW weekly television. Because again, the problem with AEW still does not lie in the pay-per-views. The pay-per-views are still awesome, no matter what. Yeah. Um, certainly spectacles. Like, you know, even if an, even an average... AEW pay-per-view you still feel like you get your money's worth so I think it's I think the structure and idea of it is really good so I think figure out ways to base a little bit more of your television around these kind this kind of structure and I think you got something cooking here but yeah making it kind of like the whole make made up title aspect of it and then just having Eddie arbitrarily throw his belts in there to just like make try to like give us a way to care more yeah when really it just kind of acts as a way to, for for them to be like, oh, you're just telling me Eddie's making it to the finals, okay? Like, <laughs> yes. He's not he's not gonna lose his belts by not fighting anyone. Like that's that's not how Eddie's gonna lose his belts. That's very true. And then we have I'd, I'd say the last question then to wrap up here because we really won't get to it in our award show. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, if if you can just put your hat on to make each company better. Because we're on a good positivity angle today. Yeah. Uh, I would give you, let's say, New Japan, because they have Wrestle Kingdom coming up. And there's a bunch of changes changes going on there. Um, they righted the ship a little bit, but still, we're adding them into the sake of discussion. New Japan, AEW, WWE. What is one thing you want to see from each company that will make it better in your mind next year? That they're not doing current. Well, I, f- I feel like AE- I feel like AEW. We've kind of answered that question, at least as f- at least as far as my standpoint goes. I feel a lot of what they've done with the Continental Classic, and I don't want to just see that for the yeah. men. You should do this for the for the women's side as well, please. And you would this kind of structure would immediately put just where right now that side of the division is really just they throw darts at a wall and yep. hope something hits. And occasionally you get a time with Tony Storm, and that's awesome. That's yep. great. They should be a TNT title, or what is it? TBS? T- T- yeah, TBS title tournament. Tournament, yep. That's awesome. 100%. Great. And that's how you can get like free Athena. Like, what the hell are we doing? Right? Like, you're just sitting on Athena. She's a cult nothing. classic at this point. Now you're just okay. building it up to. She has to do something big when she reaches AEW television because so many people are just hearing like whispers of what she's doing in ROH and how great it is. Free Athena. So like that's that's the thing is you can have this kind of structure built out for the women's division and all of a sudden you have an idea of kind of where everyone stands on that side. Because like what's Britt Baker doing? Britt Baker's just on the sideline doing nothing. Like what? Like you can't figure out how to weave all these people together. Like you can do it for the men and you can make this tournament for them, but you can't make it for the women. So that's where, again, like the structure can be, can be taken both ways. And I think it would be extremely beneficial because you could do a lot of the things that 
a lot of the points that I've been making as far as like you can create stories out of the structure and have blast off points for everyone, you could do the same exact thing on that side. So I think it would be extremely beneficial. I like and, it. And then you, you could have more secondary feuds with your sky blue, with, uh, with obviously with Julia Hart and the TBS title, with Chris Statlander, with yep. Ruby Soho. You can get, you know, you can give Soraya more, more stuff to do, Please. right? I think there's so Athena, obviously, as we Willow's just, in there, like it, there's, Willow, yeah. there's a rather than just like Nyla, this person, a ton this, of this person gets an arbitrary title shot, yeah. Like, no, put some structure and then give them the title shot. Then you let you give me a reason to really believe that not only is this a match I should care about, but I don't, I don't know how it's going to go because there's momentum. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times I, with the women, they just like you're okay. Sure, you're gonna fight Tony Storm this week. It's like from from what from what momentum? Yeah, they definitely have to build up on the women's division. Mine, I'll go with what I just said, so I won't reiterate it. But I'd like to see a secondary heavyweight t- title in AEW. There's two shows, uh, three if you count Rampage. There's so many people that could use the belt at the top, and I, I appreciate what they're doing with MJF and letting the story play out and waiting for Cole to get healthy and everything. But and no fault of their own, like a lot of it's injury based, punk leaving, like a bunch of stuff that is uh slowed down the process of titles changing hands and and really elevating people that should be elevated. So I'd like to see a secondary heavyweight title for the men. You have a million belts anyway. What the hell is another one? Go and add that. I would like to see that in AW. Uh New Japan, one thing you'd like to see change if you can, Cole, in this next year. For New Japan, um, we might have okay. the same one. I have mine on deck already. Go ahead. They need need. Then I understand there's talent shares. There's all this stuff. They need a new top Gaijin heel. And what's his face? Who's running Bullet Club? Is not it. It's not it. Dave, so Finley. Dave Finley. Like I don't know if you really got to unlock Zack Saber Junior. I don't know if you go out there and you sign someone that that you don't have in-house. You have to find the next Kenny Omega. You have to find the next Will Ospreay. They're gone. Gone. And your stars, when they go on, uh, like, assignment other places, are becoming stars. Like, the Japanese wrestlers, uh, one dude who went to Impact, amazing. He was a star. He's coming back. Uh, We've seen that um, when people come to AEW, they go back. Whatever it may be, Japanese wrestlers are becoming stars in all promotions here. Uh, Makai Ito in GCW is becoming a star here. It's possible. And that's great. That's becoming just normalized. I need to see them build their next Gaijin star. Go find that next guy. Elevate him quickly because it is sorely missing from everything else you have. And and that goes to show that like they're 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 about to be in a giant transition point where that kind of title of 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 being that guy over there is going to be wide the fuck open yeah it a, is going to aw changed to... the landscape of it because they would have had will osprey forever they would have had you know the omega is probably still there people on wwe was only competition we are and had we everyone we already know will osprey's gone we yeah. already know he's done mjf and probably he... would have been their top guy gene if he would have went there instead of if, sure. if aw never existed they would have had mjf being the guy there right now and Okada is leaving. So possible. I got, I mean, but we, you'd think he, he's done all he can. The, and the thing is too, like he's been, like you said, he's, he's been overseas and done events here and he gets the reaction that you want. He's big money. 
yeah. he's he's big like he comes over here whether it's wwe or AEW, like people are going to know who he is and he's going to do work so like if anything it's allowing them to kind of come overseas and get that confirmation oh yeah, yeah. wait i am a big deal i mean i think that's a big reason that will osprey is willing yeah. to go okay like new japan has been home to me it's allowed me to stay in england and like but new japan is not that for for this next crop of wrestlers aw is that for them correct even nxt is that for them you, you got to steal somebody like so yeah William regal son is is great in nxt he's growing he should have been doing that growing in new japan like yeah. now people are growing within these american companies no 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 you got to stop that you need you need to still be that destination in that home for foreigners and they're losing that losing their grip yeah and it's going to be interesting to see who who they can kind of pull as the as kind of the crossover star because i don't i don't know where they get it from finley you is know not it for me. Fin, fin, finley might not be it for i i don't i don't think uh phantasma was great though, but they didn't know i it. think i think they've been trying to kind of make umino that guy but it hasn't quite you know hasn't quite worked there for him so i don't yeah because i don't i mean look what they're doing for for wrestle kingdom they're they're getting naito back out there Naito's had an amazing year but yeah, but it, like we've done that before and but that's, that's not new. he's no he's he's a great Japanese star. But they've mm-hmm. their success over the past 10, 12 years, their resurgence was built on having their guys and their stars, but also having an AJ Styles, also having a Kenny Omega, also yeah. having a Will Ospreay. Also, you, you're able uh Finn Balor before you had people from all over the world that was a foreigner that was a key cog in that machine. And for the first time in go, 15 years, should, you don't have that. They should go f- a full on, full full out and go get Nick Gage. And bring him over there. You better spend money. I don't care. <laughs> open that pocketbook. Spend money. Um, it's, it's like we got, we got Maki Ito was doing all the GCW things for one reason one and one reason, reason only. To, to get Nick, Nick Gage, Gage out to Japan. <laughs> uh, uh, WWE, before we get out of here. What was the one thing you wanted to see changed or, or just better than WWE? Boy, I mean, it's it is mine is also to, easy. I think it, it's interesting for me because I feel like uh, I feel like coming out of Mania, you could have said a lot of different things, and I feel like a lot of those issues that kind of came up from there were kind of resolved in ways that I don't think necessarily people were looking for. I I think we go back to when the new belt was announced. There was a lot of skepticism. There was a lot of like, huh. Wait, Definitely. why are you why are you making a new belt? And like this just came off of Cody losing to Roman. Company doesn't need two belts. Since since then, it's only been good. It has yeah. only been good with that. Elevated belt. the mid card titles. One's on Logan Paul, and I think that's fine because Gunther's holding the great. other one down. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I think that the state the state of their championships right now uh is at an all time high than it's been in the past few years. And I think that goes across the board. Even the titles that might be a little bit lower on the totem pole feel bigger than they have. So, boy, I don't know. They're in a really good spot. I'm interested to hear what you what you think. My one complaint, and I've said this probably past four months, you got to get those titles, those tag titles to mean something again. They were wrapped up in the judgment or in the bloodline feud and combined and then wrapped up in the Judgment Day feud and combined, and they're doing no service to either one. Like, 
I don't look at Finn Balor and Damian Priest and be like they need to be tag champions right now. Like that that's done. I I think similar to a tournament style thing, you can separate them and have a raw tag team tournament, a SmackDown tag team tournament, and crown new tag team champions on both brands. Split them again because there's a lot of good tag teams. Trips loves tag team wrestling way more than Vince ever did. He built great tag team down in NXT. You have the Creed Brothers rocking. You you have DIY back. You have uh, the Heel Profits on the other side. You have a lot of tag teams. The New Day is still there. You, you have all these things. Make it make it count. Make it count. Split make it the division. Titles. Make a division out of it. It really it really seems like that's the only thing the missing issue here. And 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 I think to that point, you know, for for a while it had just been like they their division depth wasn't there for a long time, right? And that's what's kind of made these belts more for show than than really like a. Yeah. You got to defend these things against people because for a good stretch there, it was like, okay, well, it's either going to be the Street Profits or it's going to be the New Day fighting for this thing. And, you know, it took a big Sammy Kevin movement to kind of jar those belts loose. And then they got trapped again. So, you know, I I think, yeah, forming a division around that and, and, and giving your stars like, you know, the New Day, another, another kind of breath of fresh air breath of light because they're kind of just sitting around and like they come and do their match and like then they're gone for another month That's and it. then they come everyone back. is because there's no belts to fight for there's no and, prize yeah and they right. are prize fighters so and and so those belts need to be and also like increases more feuds for the judgment day to have like yeah. there isn't any reason someone shouldn't be chasing finn and uh and dame with those so like no. And yeah. if you if the creeds get the belt off of them for any reason, now you have GMs and the GMs could just make a deal and be like, okay, let's split these. What is it going to take? Like you can blame stuff and make GMs kind of the butt of of the joke there and split the belts when the Creed brothers wins and their baby faces and give it to SmackDown, have a little tournament in it, and then you're rolling. So I, I need to see that change in the upcoming year. Outside of that, though, it, it's been a great year. Cole, you're going to join us for our year-end awards, which is going to be fun. Uh, Producer Cole Bebe will be here for both pro wrestling and our video game awards. Um, So are we going to do it? uh, Are we going to do it similar? I know last year we kind of wrapped a little bit of everything into. There was kind of like the potpourri category. Yeah, that's going. No, we're going to try to split it this year. Okay, next week, I would like to do. There'll be shorter episodes. But we're going to try to squeeze in three 30-minute episodes a day to give us six. Damn. So pro the wrestling, most prestigious boxing. prestigious awards in all of podcasting get even bigger this year. You, pro wrestling, boxing, MMA, video games, movies, slash television, music. Six shows this year instead of four. Boom. So those are all be fun. We're going to put out all the audio um, to carry us over on the normal podcasting platforms where you guys listen to us, but we're going to drop the full videos of each one on the Patreon to start the year as well. So we're stacking this Patreon. So when people get it, they have all six award shows, full video, all of us on there, all the expressions, all the fun and hijinks. They'll have our full hip hop. um, And I guess our full weekly entertainment show because it's going to be more than hip-hop it's going to be all music all television 
all current events that'll live on Patreon exclusively. They'll have two episodes of that as soon as they sign up as well. And then we're going to drop the full videos from all our other shows because YouTube is just going to be clips from here on out. The full videos of everything will just live in their entirety on Patreon as well. So I want to stack that catalog and make it worth it for everyone. So that's where we're going leading into the next year. So six award shows is going to be fun. Producer called Bay Bay will be with us uh, for a lot of those. So thank you taking out time today. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to the old man Andres Hale for being on a boat and maybe coming back. Oh, uh, we'll see. We might we just, not ever see him again. Yeah, he you just know, might, he might be just an be island. Like, you, know what? you know what? This boat, pretty cool boat. Yeah. <laughs> just keep taking laps. Yeah, I do. I do. Before we get out of here, I do want to do a quick shout out. I'm sure you guys have already done it, but this is the first show that I've been on since this happened. But uh, but East Coast Eric on Twitter with the sign at the AEW event. Big yes. shout out. Uh, big, I just want to give a big shout out because obviously um, supporting you guys and being a supporter for that long and, and bringing a sign to a wrestling show. It's fucking awesome. And it was, so it's what it's up. all about. So just want to give it just want to give a shout out there. Definitely. So we appreciate you all. Thank you everyone for listening. Nothing but big things coming in 2024. This is going to be fun. Our best year yet. So I can't wait. Still have all our award shows to go. We appreciate you until next time. We're out. Peace, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.